Rob Scott Cook, who's the founding leader of our family of churches, is Rob is here. He's going to speak to us. So, um, and we just pray for him as he comes up. God, I pray for Rob. You'd fill him with your spirit and that you'd help our ears and our hearts and our minds to be open to what he is going to say to us. And uh, yeah, may his words penetrate our hearts and minds and encourage and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. It's a joy this morning to be speaking on one of our key Christmas readings. So I'm going to be speaking from John's Gospel, chapter 1. And it will come up on our screen. We're going to read the first 18 verses. In fact, in the special discovery packs that uh, we have for the Christmas services, but they're available, inside is a free copy of John's Gospel. It's just to give folk an opportunity of, um, again, looking at that life of Jesus. And if you're here today and you're still exploring faith, then do feel free to take one of those. And I'm going to give an introduction to John's Gospel and what I share this morning, and hopefully whet your appetite. It may also be that for some of you, it contains an alpha invitation as well. And in the light of what I share, there may be someone that you could use that John's Gospel with as a way of invitation, particularly maybe even tonight with our carol services to be inviting friends and family. So on our screen is John chapter 1, and I'm reading from verse 1. These are amazing truths. Packed into these few verses is so much profound truth. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, not of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of the fullness Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Father, we pray now that you would come by your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, make him known to us today in fresh ways. 
spirit of truth guide us into truth. As we take some of these profound truths, bring them alive to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. The title I've been given for today is One of Us, One of Us, and particularly focusing on verse 14 in what we've just read, where those amazing words where the word, Jesus, becomes flesh and makes his home among us. We're going to think of what it means for what it is to be at home with God, what it is to sense what it is for him to be at home with us. We're going to think what it means, not just to, like you visit a home or a family, but what it is to become part of the family, to belong. And finally, what it is not only kind of to visit and see a family, to feel part, what is it to sense God living in us by his spirit and the fullness of his spirit? So that's a lot we want to try and cover in these few verses, but let's just begin. And why is this particularly significant to me today? Because this whole thought that the word became flesh and lived among us, made his home among us. It's the presence of God that for me has been such a key thing over this last year. I felt a kind of prophetic word at the beginning of the year, these three words, pursuing his presence, pursuing his presence. What does it mean for us to pursue the presence of God? Every day of our life, not just when we come into church, we feel God's presence. What is it for God's presence to go out with us, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whoever we're meeting? For those first disciples, this was so true of them. They were just ordinary people, and yet there was somehow, even for the, when they met strangers or people who were hostile to them, it says this, that they were shocked and surprised at their courage, their boldness. But then they realized they'd been with Jesus. This is what made the difference, the presence of God with them. I have found this year, in the light of that prophetic word, that every day of my life I have found an increasing sense of God's presence in all sorts of situations. Every day, wherever I am, whether it's with family or friends, whether it's with neighbors, whether it's with strangers, a sense of the presence of God. And it has brought that added sense of boldness in sharing faith. So I have, on average, every month this year, had the opportunity just one-to-one with somebody sharing faith, going through this very gospel of John's gospel, the life of Jesus, and seeing them come to faith. Even just this last week, very first day of the year, I think I shared you then, someone who came into church here, first time ever in church, First time ever here, and they were sat through a service, and towards the end of it, uh, there was communion, and I suddenly thought, goodness me, this is going to be strange to them. So I went back and said to them, do you, do you understand what's happening? People standing up and walking around, taking food and drinking something, and they said, no, I'd never even been to church before. I Just explain to them the cross of Jesus, what it meant. And they were full of questions. They said, why is it so important? Because at the heart of being a Christian. I said, when we take this bread, we think of Jesus' body broken for us and his blood shed. And he said, well, why is that so key? And I said, because it's through this we experience. Before long, he was asking, but how do you become a Christian? And just sat literally in the back, third row back from the back there. And it's like, we shared together what it meant to become a Christian. To hear him pray, such a real prayer as we prayed together. I said to him, you know, you could take communion. He said, well, I've never taken you before. But no, but you're now part of the family. I want to think this morning, what does it mean to become part of the family? So just just in fact, a few weeks ago, I was... He was a postgraduate student here at Bristol University, and just a few weeks ago I met, well, week before last, I met another lovely student here from the university, and uh, um, he was very interesting, fascinating. He'd been a Muslim all his life. That was his whole upbringing, whole understanding of religion. But he'd heard about Jesus and was interested in exploring the Christian faith and following Jesus. And uh, 
particularly he wanted to understand more about the Bible. It was on a Wednesday evening. I said to him, well, actually, you know, it'd be great to, to read one of the biographies of Jesus. There's four of them in the Bible. If you read, why don't you read the first three chapters of John's Gospel and write down any questions? And maybe then, in about a week's time, just, just email me those questions and we'll have a kind of WhatsApp video call. So he did. A week later, he sent me his questions and it was a, a late one evening we were doing it. He was, he was at Will's University building, center of academic life, if you like, and uh, I was at home on my laptop with a WhatsApp call with him and we're, we're talking together. Now, here's a person all his life been a Muslim and he'd always said to me, you know, one of the challenges for me is trying to understand Jesus as the Son of God. His first question, first question, it was a profound theological question. I mean, here he is just reading John's Gospel. The Bible's all new to him. And the very first line we read today was this question. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. His first question, how could Jesus be with God and be God? Well, that's some question, isn't it? It's the whole question of the, th of the Trinity. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit... Different persons, yet same essence and nature. Where do you begin to explain such a, uh, such a mystery, such an amazing concept? I often find, you know, nature itself is a helpful pointer. It's only an illustration, but sometimes practical, physical illustrations help to understand profound spiritual truths. You know, one of the key elements for life for us on Earth, which people are still trying to find on other planets, is water. Water. H2O, for those who are chemists. H2O, water. And yet, you know, water, you can have the same essence, all H2O, and yet in different expressions, different formats. You can have it as water running out of the tap. You could have it as a block of ice, frozen solid. You could have it as steam permeating the atmosphere. You say, well, how can they be different forms? How can they be, and yet the same, they are different forms, but the same essence. They're different expressions of that same essence. One is solid, the other's flowing, the other permeates the air. What is it for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Same essence, same nature, yet different expressions of that being. And so important to understand that way in which we see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because at the heart of that essence, which comes out here in John's Gospel, is that God is love. God is love. It's not just that he loves, he is love. His essence is love. All true love, all source of true love find their source in him. Now, for love to exist, it needs relationship. You can't love on your own, can you? God has made us to experience love and to express love. And therefore, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we see this tripartite expression where, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And we see this relationship of love being expressed right from the very beginning, as it were, before time, back in eternity, that love to be existent need relationship. And the wonder of that love. So here I am explaining. I'm on my laptop at home, he's on a screen in Will's building. And, but eventually he had a few more, but then he grasped it. He said, oh, I, I can understand that. You see, for God so loved the world, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believed in him would never perish, but have eternal life, shared in the very nature of God. We'd be like that image God made us in, restored. Now, there's something amazing about God wanting, not just to love us, but to fill us with his love. 
so that the fruit of the Spirit we can fill out. We begin to find a source of love we never knew before. We begin to find we're loving people that we've never even thought about. We leave alone love for me. Why? Because God is love. And when God is living in us, that essence of God, that nature of God, we're sharing him. Not only is that amazing truth that God wants to make his home among us, be with us. I mean, this, this Christmas, you know, one of the greatest challenges our Western world is loneliness. That's what the data tells us. The biggest challenge facing our society is loneliness. You see, loneliness, when a person is alone on their own, you see, God has made us to experience and express love. We need relationship, and therefore, that's why even the people this Christmas who may have lost loved ones and feel the loneliness, maybe all sorts of situations, broken-hearted, broken relationships, even here today. What is it to find our home with God, a sense of God's presence with us? That great truth of Christmas, which comes out in that amazing prophetic word written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. But it says in Isaiah chapter 7, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. Not just at a distance with a loud hailer shouting, I love you, but becoming flesh and living among us and then making it possible by his Holy Spirit to live in us. And it's more than just making his home among us. He wants us to experience family, even for some of us for this Christmas where we may not have family or maybe families at a long distance. What is it to sense, a sense of family? That's the wonder of the church, the family of God, a sense of community. God made us for it. But there's a constant battle going on in our world. You see, not only is God love, that's his essence, his being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They share that nature. But also, God is light. So in, in verse 4 of this chapter, first chapter, I mean, this first chapter is full of so many profound truths. In him was life. And that light was the light of men. That light shone in the darkness. But the darkness just couldn't understand it, couldn't grasp it. There's a constant battle going on in our world. So today, we see it all around us, every headline, every newsreel, even our global scene, whether it's wars or violence. There's a battle between light and darkness, constantly. You may not always be aware of it, it's happening around you every day in your life, it's happening. There's a battle between light and darkness. And just as real as God is, is light, he's also God is love. And so the battle is also a battle between love and hatred, between goodness and that evil that we see in our world. There's a battle going on around us. That's why there's so much sadness, so much heartache, abuse, rejection, so many broken relationships, and even among us today, no doubt, we feel the heartache, pain, suffering, loved ones, grief. You know, it's amazing. You would have heard it many times. There's so much sorrow and suffering in our world. Do you know what? Many people actually blame God for it. Have you ever heard people say, well, why does God allow suffering in the world? If he's all-powerful, why is he? Well, it's like saying to any parent today, when their children do something wrong, it's, it's your fault. My, my fault. I love my children. No, some parents, it may be their fault at times, a bad parent. But for a caring, loving parent, 
who says, no, I, I love my children. I love them deeply. I, I do anything for them. Yeah, but why are you letting them do it? Well, in order for them to develop and grow, they're going to in develop their freedom to make choices. And sometimes they're going to make mistakes. And they're going to live with the consequences of those mistakes. And I'm still ready and willing always to forgive. And, but we live in a world where some people where God is light, are actually blaming him as the source of darkness. Like, kind of, well, why, why God allowed it? No, God. In him is, God is light, in him is no darkness. God cannot be the source of darkness. Even in natural disaster, we say, well, where, where's God? In? But even our natural world has been affected by human disobedience. It's affected the order of our creation. So all darkness, all evil. Now, it's not that God just is a distant observer to all say, well, there we are, you deserve... He's with us. He feels the pain, the grief, just like you as a parent. When something goes wrong with your children, even though it's their fault, their responsibility, but still you feel the heartache, you feel the grief. So God feels it even more for us. So much so that the cross is the great expression where God, through suffering, expresses the wonder of his love. God so loved the world. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. But through suffering, actually experiencing that suffering, See, God is not detached from us. He's with us in it. Whatever situation we go, you may feel miles away from God today. You may be going through a time where life seems really dry spiritually, but God is actually around you, with you, close. He's always within reach. My neighbor, earlier in the year, was one of those folk that uh, I shared John's gospel with. So this is my neighbor, and she's from Poland. She's a brother Catholic and always gone to church regularly all her life, but about a year ago she stopped going to church and she met me, um, it was a Sunday in fact, and maybe that's what made her think about it. She said to me, uh, Rob, she said, I haven't been to church for a year, she said, you know, and I always went every Sunday, she said. She said, but you go to church, don't you? I sort of said, well, I do sometimes, you know, kind of as if that's part of way of life. And she said, uh, where do you go? And I explained to her we were at Woody's and anyway, it was a Sunday evening, I was speaking here, so she came with me. And after the service, she said, oh, she said, I'd love to know God like that, she said, because you talk to him like as if he's a father, as if, you, as if he's somebody really close to us. I said, but that's what God wants. He wants us not just to be at home with us, but to be family, to belong. Oh, she said, I, I've never understood that, she said. For me, it's all about rules and regulations, she said. I, I find it difficult even reading the Bible, she said. And I said, would you like me to, to help you? She said, well, how can you do that? I said, well, just take one of the Gospels. It's called John's Gospel, just one of them, and just like I said, uh, to the, my other friend, uh, you know, just, just read the first three chapters. I said, but if you're going to do it seriously, then write down your questions. And so she did. And she's my neighbor. But I still did it as a WhatsApp video because I could have been anywhere the next week doing things, but we still did it. And, uh, and again, amazing questions she had. But at the heart of the questions asked was this question of, of a relationship with God as your father. Do you belong? Yeah. You see, here in John's Gospel, in verse 12, it says these amazing words. To those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God. Born, not of human flesh, as it were, not of a husband's decision or human will, but born of God. Born into the family of God. When I explained that, verse 12. It was one of her questions, in fact. She said, but how do you believe like that? I said, well, you know, it says this, to as many as received him, 
who believed in his name. See, in the Bible, we understand more about what believe really means. Sometimes we use the word believe in our common language. I believe in the law of gravity, that an apple will fall from a tree at 32 feet per second per second, as it were. And I believe it, but uh, you know, it doesn't make much difference in my life, apart from if I fall over. And, and, but, but in the Bible, when we think about belief, it's, it's not just an objective external factor that I agree with. It's an internal conscious reception. It's receiving. To as many as received him who believed in his name. And the whole experience of becoming a Christian is and coming to the family of God is that receiving, that sense of whereby faith I receive. Now for my neighbor, her first question was, well, how'd you do that, Rob? How'd you do that? I said, well, for many people it's maybe expressing the simple prayer, those simple steps of faith. And I said, what are those? And I, uh, you know, often I just, I, I don't ever want to make it seem like a formula or oversimplify, but I do want it to be simple enough for a person who couldn't even read and write for anybody. It's accessible. That kind of ABC. A is to admit your need. Don't keep making excuses with God. Don't say it's my upbringing and my background. Just say sorry to God for all the wrong things you've done. B is to believe that Jesus, the Son of God, loved me and gave himself for me. And C is to commit your life to him. I said, but how do you do that? I said, well, often folk do that just in a simple prayer, expressing in those three steps. He said, but I, I wouldn't know how to pray. This is my neighbor now, my next door neighbor, on a WhatsApp video through a screen, and I'm praying with her. As I pray, I've let the Holy Spirit really touch her. And sure enough, she experienced that sense of, for the first time in her life, the family of God, belonging. There's something very special about that sense of being family. But it's more than just family. You see, it's also a sense in which God doesn't want to come just come into our home and be at home. He wants actually to live in us by his spirit. So here in John's Gospel, again, his chapter one, it's all in chapter one, just these first 18 verses. And he goes on to say in those ways in verses towards the end of our reading that we have received the fullness of his grace. Grace upon grace. There's a sense in which God longs for us to receive that, that grace of God, that inner life by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings to birth this our new life. So just um, a few weeks back now, my uh, talk about family. So I've got, we have four boys. We were at home. I've got three brothers, all rebels, all rascals, always up to mischief always in trouble and always competitive you know two aside football on either side was always a, a major battle as it were and uh, but uh, and we've had checkered history so i've told you the story many times i'm sure of my youngest brother my youngest brother when i first became a christian in my teens um he was the first person i prayed for the person who helped me become a Christian said, look, just, just pray for someone else you know to be going to. So I prayed for my younger brother. I've told you many times, he, we shared adjoining bedrooms. You had to go through mine to get to his. And anyway, I won't tell you all the story now. So I, I, I didn't know how to pray. I knelt down by my bedside because I'd seen a picture of a girl with a nightdress and a candle praying like that. I'd never nightdress or candle, but I knelt down. And, put my, and as I was praying, my younger brother came into the room and tripped over me and started swearing and cursing. I thought, oh, that's some answer to prayer. So I didn't know what to do. So I asked the person the next day that, uh, it helped me become a Christian. Is it okay to pray the same prayer? And he said, yeah, keep praying. I prayed for him the next day and the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 15 years, the next 20 years. Every day of my life, I prayed for my younger brother over 20 years. And then one Monday morning, it all happened as I'm praying for him. 
right? what I call that kind of wow fact. I feel the Holy Spirit on me in a real way. I just couldn't get out of my mind. Day, all day I'm praying for coffee time, lunch time, evening. And, and when I went to bed, I prayed for mother. For, I, I used to pray for her in the morning, but I, I just on my mind. And, and I wake up 2 o'clock in the morning sweating all over. And my younger brother's on my mind. I'd better call him. Maybe he's in trouble. But he's a hard-nosed businessman over in South Wales. For me to say I was praying would be like red rag to a bull. So I chickened out, just like I did when he tripped over me. And I said I was looking for something under the bed. And, um, uh, and so the next day came, and again, the same thing happened all day. All from first thing in the morning, I prayed all day. Nighttime, I'm praying for him. I think I better phone him, but I just didn't get around to doing it. And then 2 o'clock in the morning, I wake up in a cold sweat. By now, on the third day, I, I, I'm bleary-eyed now. I think I better phone him. But I still didn't. The third day went by. And then on the fourth day, I determined I was going to phone him. As I went to pick up the phone, it was one of those old phones with a wire on it, et cetera, et cetera. And as I did, the phone rang, and it was my younger brother. I won't go through all the story, but we met up on the old suspension bridge. There were at service station. We never got in the service station. We just talked in the car, and it all steamed up in the car park, as it were. And he didn't become a Christian that night, but he did two weeks later. When he became a Christian boy, did he become a Christian? He was so zealous. He went into full-time Christian work, led many other people to the Lord. In fact, he's really on fire for God and often can be almost in your face. So the other week he phoned me, just a few weeks back, about my next brother. That's his older brother, my younger brother, as it were. And he, he said to me, or he didn't phone me, he emailed me, said, he's just sent him a Bible. I thought, goodness. Now, my younger brother was really had a challenging life and lots of situations during his face. He's been very checkered, as it were, and uh, he's now living up in Chester. So the thought of him getting a Bible, I could see it almost going in the bin as he, before he even looked in it. And anyway, I thought I'll give him a call. So I gave him a call, and sure enough, he got the Bible, and he hadn't binned it yet. He still had it there. So I said, look, I'll, I'll give you a, a call later, and uh, maybe we can talk a bit about it. He said, okay, and so I did. I said, look, don't start at the beginning of the Bible like you normally would a book. Just take one of the biographies of Jesus. There's one of them called John's Gospel. It took him quite a while to find it. His glasses weren't working, and one of the glasses fell out. It was rice paper Bible, and he couldn't find the place. So it took him about, I don't know, 10 minutes just to find it. So by the time we got there, you know, it was just a, a kind of quick hello. And anyway, he said he'd, he'd read it, the first three chapters. And so he did. A week later, I didn't do a WhatsApp with him. He's not into WhatsApp. But I did a phone call with him. And it's only not very long ago now. And so he went through John's Gospel, lots of questions. Amazing, just that whole sense. And I said, you know, when John gets to the end of his Gospel, he gives the reason why he's written it in John 20. He says, these things have I written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and by believing you have life in his name. His name was Norm. I said, Norm, no, Norman. I said, Norm, I said, uh, is that something you'd be interested in knowing? He said, oh. He said, you know the life I've lived, Rob. I said, but it's never too late, Norm. And he said, I wouldn't know where to begin. I said, well, I could help you begin if that would be. He said, how would you do that? And so again, I just explained to him what it meant to become a Christian. And I sent him in the post a copy of Why Jesus. And uh, um, it looks a bit like that. In, in, the, in that discovery pack that's on the back there, Google, there's a, 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 even a, a more up-to-date version of it. And, and, and so I said, just turn to the middle page we did on it. I said, Norm, there's a simple prayer here that just expresses those simple steps. This is my younger brother, who, if you think of the last person in the world, you can imagine becoming a Christian. This is my younger brother. He lived such a checkered life, and he, I'm on a phone call with him up in Chester, he is. But I prayed with him. He, he, he didn't know what to pray, so I just said, look, if I put into words, and I explained to him what it meant. And as he prayed, I felt the Holy Spirit touch him in such a powerful way. This is my younger brother, who I can never... 
And yet, today he's been wonderful. He's read right the way through John's Gospel. In fact, he just tells me this week is on Romans. And, and, um, but there's something about the Holy Spirit bringing to birth that new life. Today, there are so many people around us in our world. We meet them on a bus stop or in a shopping queue. They're not going to be asking about God. But there's a hunger. There's that God-shaped vacuum in all men and women. How do we draw people? How do we sense the Holy Spirit bringing to birth that new life in Jesus? Even tonight is a great opportunity. I've got someone I've just started at John's Gospel with. No, another one. He's coming here tonight. I've not met his wife. He's bringing his wife with him. And she's a bit mystified by it all. But for all of us, who might we be reaching out to? A God who wants to make his home with us. Who wants to be family with us. Who wants to live in us in the fullness of his grace. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Making real that life of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, this Christmas, bring alive to us the truth. We often sing in our carols. Emmanuel. God with us. Lord, may your presence be so real in us that it overflows to those around us, that we carry your presence, Lord. Even the stranger, even the hostile person will recognize that we've been with Jesus. Lord, we want to pursue your presence. This Christmas, Lord, in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our home life. For us as church, Lord, this day, Lord, these carol services, fill them with your presence, Lord. Come by your Spirit. And make yourself real to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rob. Inspiring as ever. I don't know about you, but did you have anyone come into your mind as Rob was speaking about his brothers coming to faith? I had a couple of people who came into my mind that I thought, oh, I think I might be writing you off. <laughs> in terms, not as a people, but in terms of, I can't imagine you coming to know Jesus. So if you, like me, have somebody come into your mind, let's be praying for them and inviting them and uh, use that inspiration, that, that story that Rob is telling us to be the fuel to pray and to invite. And I'm, I'm going to go home and invite someone to come tonight. <laughs>